Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Francis made a critical error in his attempted ending of the Latin Mass. I'll go over that now, but it's become obvious that it was an overplaying of his hand, and it was all done in a sloppy way. Some speculate that the document was rushed out and was not written by him at all. That's not true. He probably didn't write the document himself, which they practically admitted in Rome when they said it was on his third draft and earlier drafts had been deemed too harsh by the committees that looked at it. But Francis did approve any document that's officially released by Rome. He does this with everything that's officially released by the Vatican. And once he puts his name on it, it becomes his document. And if anything is 100% Francis, it would be Traditionis Custodis. And ghostwriting documents for popes isn't a new practice anyway. This has been going on for several hundred years. But there is a growing consensus that Francis, the great and merciful, overplayed his hand, and it was just too much. And moving forward, it will be seen as a critical error in his pontificate. I am confident of that. Let's take a look at why. But first, I wanted to thank my patrons for their support of this channel. If you want to join them in supporting my work, there are links in the description below, including links to Patreon and Subscribestar. Also, I wanted to repeat my call for submissions to my sources website, returntotradition.org. There had in the past been a few articles posted by viewers and supporters like you, so please feel free to submit an article for the blog if you want using the email address in the description, or send me an, e an email to that address for more to information on what I'm looking for. I can't pay for things at this stage, but I do want to help get more Catholic voices out there doing this work. That out of the way, here's the essential hypothesis that I and others have been making. The Church in the post-conciliar era for at least the last 20 years has had a sort of internal peace that came from Benedict XVI's promulgation of the theory of the hermeneutic of continuity, which had been proposed in John Paul II's papacy, and which really came to life with some more pontificum, which itself permitted the Latin Mass to be said by any priest without any permission being needed by his bishop, in writing anyway. In practice, of course, that didn't actually happen, with bishops using their authority to make life miserable for priests who wanted to offer the Latin Mass, but on paper, any priest who wanted publicly to offer the Mass could do so unimpeded. What's more, any parish that had parishioners who wanted it had the right to have it offered at their parish if they asked their priest for it. That also rarely was taken advantage of by priests, many of whom themselves don't like the Latin Mass, the same way that a toddler really doesn't like to eat his broccoli. But again, in writing, the Mass had been restored to some degree. And the consequence was growth of Latin Mass offerings in what Cardinal Seurat called the mutual enrichment of both rites, where in this case the offering of unicorn Masses, or what gets called Reverend Novus Ordo Masses, grew as well. The hermeneutic of continuity, for those who don't know, is the hypothesis that rejects, frankly, my position that the Second Vatican Council constituted a disjunction or breaking with the historic stances of the Church on a wide variety of topics. The hermeneutic of continuity says that Vatican II and what came after, including the new Mass, has to be understood in light of the traditions and previous understandings of things in the Church, and that it could be done so coherently. Apparently, Francis the Great and Merciful agrees with me because several years, several months ago, he said Vatican II was the magisterium and that the unique express interpretations were forbidden, which was the first undermining of the hermeneutic of continuity. And the second being his unilateral declaration that the new Mass was the unique expression of the Roman rite of liturgy, 
thus stripping the Latin Mass of its status as even an extraordinary form of the Roman Rite of Liturgy, despite it going back 1,500 years or more in the history of the Church. And I'll say it again here. No, the, Tr the Tridentine Mass does not come from the Council of Trent. That is one of those great misunderstandings of history that the modernists like to slap us around with. But Francis's critical error is the ending of the hermeneutic of continuity. This goes beyond, well beyond his ending of access to the Latin Mass, the beginning of the ending of the Latin Mass itself. The Superior General of the Society of St. Pius X a week ago put out the official response from the SSPX to Francis's move against sacred tradition, and in it he made this point, quote, The motu proprio traditionis custodis and the letter that accompanied it have caused a profound upheaval in the so-called traditionalist movement. We can point out, quite logically, that the era of the hermeneutic of continuity, with its equivocations, illusions, and impossible efforts, is radically over, swept aside with the wave of a sleeve, end quote. I have that full letter recorded and uploaded here on YouTube if you want to hear it for yourself. But he's not wrong. The hermeneutic of continuity is gone, consigned to the dustbin of history. Father Pagliarani isn't the only one to have pointed this out, either. Father Raymond Blake, an English priest with a strong presence on Twitter, said that Francis has validated the central claim of the SSPX, that Vatican II ushered in a new faith. Quote, If the Pope and Traditionis Custodis is right, then Benedict XVI's hermeneutic of continuity is wrong. Therefore, Vatican II and the Novus Ordo brought in something new, which is incompatible with what preceded it. Therefore, he is saying the, the Fraternal Society of St. Pius X, the SSPX, are right, and we have a new religion. End quote. This error has manifested itself into divisions becoming obvious in the Church, not just along traditional and non-traditional Catholic lines, but within the hierarchy itself. Recall the words of Our Lady of Akita. Bishops will oppose bishops, cardinals will be against cardinals. Those words precede the warning of fire falling from the sky, for what it's worth. But this internal division, this internal schism, if you will, has manifested itself with the most overact of disrespect of one bishop to another by Cardinal Wilton Gregory of the Imperial See blocking his brother bishop from offering a pontifical high mass at the cathedral, which is the biggest mass venue in the entire country. It was to be offered by Archbishop Gulickson, who wasn't exactly an unknown figure in the church. He has served under Francis as papal nuncio to more than one country, which means Francis has at least a neutral attitude towards him. He's part of the club, as it were, or at least not outside of it, and Cardinal Gregory just blocked his highly anticipated pontifical high mass from occurring in the most overact of disrespect we've seen among the bishops since the document's release. This hermeneutic of rupture can be seen on display in the actions of some of the Costa Rican bishops, who not only banned the traditional Latin Mass in their entire countries, but also banned the Novus Ordo said in Latin. You know, those so-called reverent unicorn masses are now gone in Costa Rica, done away with with the wave of a hand and the signing of a bishop's document. I have a link to the Spanish language document that was screencapped and put on Twitter for anyone who wants to read it for themselves. This act represents the hermeneutic of rupture, that thesis that Vatican II and everything that came after represent a break from the historic past of the Church. Even Raymond Arroyo on his show on EW's TN said that with the wave of his hand, Francis made all of the history of the Church prior to Vatican II irrelevant, which is a stunning statement to make. Arroyo didn't say that this was a good thing, mind you, but it makes the SSPX's case in the case of the set of accountists for them thus having Francis weirdly endorse their positions on the state of the church since the council. Now, nothing quite makes this point, though, 
better than a letter I saw posted on Facebook by a layperson who had written to their bishop to ask that the Latin Mass remain available in their diocese. And I'm not going to say which bishop this is or who this layperson is. I'm just going to leave all of them anonymous here. But this letter was respectful and honoring of the office that the bishop holds. The response he got was heretical and schismatic in nature. I have it here for you, don't worry, and it's short. Quote, It is the Roman pontiff and the bishops who decide what is tradition in the church. Even if the faithful don't agree with this decision, it's still their duty to obey. That's the way it has always been in the church. End quote. And that is nonsense on stilts, to borrow Jeremy Bentham's term, which is his only positive contribution to the history of Western philosophy, by the way. The Pope and the bishops have the solemn duty of preserving and protecting the deposit of the faith, of which sacred tradition is one of its main pillars. They don't determine what is part of that tradition and what is not any more than I determine if gravity is real or not. But this is the hermeneutic of rupture on full display for the entire world to see. Francis has done the work of the Society of St. Pius of the X for them. He has validated the work of Archbishop Lefebvre, which I'm fine with because I've never been anti-SSPX. While the hermeneutic of rupture is de facto now Francis's position, which means he agrees that much with the SSPX instead of a contest, there is another hermeneutic or analytic frame we can apply here, because that is what a hermeneutic is really. It's a way of looking at a problem. This one explains why the bishops have antipathy towards the Latin Mass and everything pre-Vatican II. This framing here will be in addition to understanding that the vast, vast majority of the bishops in the church are modernists to some degree or another, even many of the better bishops. And as such, while modernism explains that antipathy, there is something else going on here as well that should be understood, and it's rather basic. It's sin. Writing for Crisis Magazine, Anne Hendershot quotes a reflection by an Italian professor named Professor Viglione, who coined a term to describe why some of the bishops wanted the Latin Mass suppressed. And I think you'll like the turn of phrase he uses here. Quote, Describing the Latin Mass as the holy mass of all time, Professor Viglione's article points to the bitterness that is driving modernist innovator bishops who have been facing declining dioceses and parish closures to try and enlist the Pope's help to stop the exodus of faithful Catholics fleeing their meager offerings in search of a meaningful Mass, concluding that it was the uncontainable success among the people, and in particular among young people, that the Mass of all time found after Benedict XVI's motu proprio that was a triggering factor for this hatred. Professor Viglione reminds us that we are witnessing the hermeneutic of Cain's envy against Abel, end quote. A hermeneutic of envy. I like that. And what are they envious of? Well, if you've been to a Latin mass parish lately, you know that the average age skews towards the younger, with large families with many small ones not being an uncommon sight. Collections are usually much larger than at other parishes, with diocesan officials often candidly admitting that a disproportionate amount of tithing happens at those parishes compared to at others. So, are they, what exactly are they being envious of? Traditional parishes are thriving and growing, and typical diocesan parishes are withering. Just compare the typical parish baptism and RCIA lists to that same parish requiem list, and you will see what I mean. So remember, that hermeneutic of envy is part of all of this, and that hermeneutic of envy is also part of the silly calls for trads to obey Francis on this wicked act and to go back to the Novus Ordo and make the new mass somehow trad. But that is Francis's critical error. It has made it abundantly clear that the church before Vatican II and after are fundamentally different, and it's of course now manifesting itself with, uh, with uh, hot words between various bishops. 
he's proven that it's not merely in how the faith is is expressed that's different, but in what is believed and in how we worship. The Mass is always the expression of what we believe, and it is why you won't hear traditional Catholics saying negative things about the liturgies of the Eastern rites of the Church as long as those Eastern liturgies are in their traditions expressed, meaning not altered by Vatican II. The Mass is the Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi of the faith. The how we believe is the how we live of the faith. And once that is accepted for what it is, the entire reasoning behind ending the Latin Mass by the living, breathing embodiment of the spirit of Vatican II himself becomes rather obvious. And in so doing, Francis has caused mass attendance at the SSPX, FSSP, Institute of Christ the King Sovereign Priest, and with various re uh, traditional religious communities to explode. Short of Caesar taking the mass from us again in the fall, which may very well happen if you're paying attention, we can expect this to continue into the foreseeable future. Francis did this himself, not some YouTube commentator, which some people are rather blaming for this, which still causes me to laugh every time I think about it. Now, what do you think about this? Am I right that this was Francis's critical error? While I expect Francis will take more action against traditionalists, this is the first major move, and the consequences might not be what he expected. Perhaps he'll be the Pope to declare the SSPX in schism, which will be as valid as excommunicating Lefebvre was, which is to say, not valid at all. But beyond that, let me know your thoughts in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.